Critical Hit Punch All Nazis takes place in the early days of World War II and combines high adventure with cosmic horror. All dates, locations, and historical events are thrown out the window in order to create a fun story, so don't put too much thought into historical inaccuracies. All accents are done poorly, but with love, and no disrespect is intended. From the unredacted archives of Majestic, October 10th, 1939. Dear Maul, if you would have told me I'd be in France, I would have called you a filthy liar. But here I am. Paris is a right pretty city. I am being a good boy, but them French girls are sure something to look at. Oh, please don't tell Joni what I said about them girls. To be accurate, we're now in a country called Belgium. When I was done with camp, me and a bunch of the other fellers were packed off to France and then to Belgium to be part of the observational forces. Don't you worry none, Mom. Observational means we only get to watch. We can't fight them Nazis just yet. Our sergeant's kind of a mean cuss about keeping away from the fighting, as that would complicate things. Every day we march through the countryside, and when we see anything going on, we report back to HQ. That's what we call headquarters in the military. Our group hasn't seen any Nazis yet, but we're keeping our eyes open. In addition to Sergeant Doolittle, there's a couple of fellers in my unit that I like. There's Nate Peasley, who used to be a private detective. Everyone has a nickname. We call him Easy Peasy. He keeps to himself, but can always tell when trouble's about to happen. There's Nicholas Helias. He's a doctor. He wants us to call him Hellion, but we call him Doc. He acts a bit weird when we ask him about his hometown of Arkham, Massachusetts. Then there's Carlos Arbogast. He's kind of a fancy boy. I don't reckon why they call him Dutch, though. We got a pretty boy on the team, Nate Braxton. He's called Valentino after the movie star. I don't know much about him, though. Oh, there's a boy from Nebraska here. He wanted to fly airplanes, but ended up being part of the infantry. Even though he's from Nebraska, I'm not holding it against him, just like he don't care I'm from Oklahoma. In case you're wondering, they gave me a nickname, too. They call me Clyde. Clyde, just like a big dumb old horse. I punched a feller the first time he called me that, and Sergeant Doolittle was sure angry. He made me clean the latrines. That's military for where you do your business. For a week as punishment. The weather here has been miserable. It's getting colder. It's rainy almost every single day and night. Tonight we have to go out on patrol, and it looks like it's going to be raining a whole lot more. I'm keeping my clothes dry so I don't get the rot, but I sure hate this weather. I best sign off now as it's almost 1,600 hours. That's military for 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and we have to move soon. Give Sissy a hug for me and tell Pa I hope the money I put in his letter keeps them bankers off our land. Give Joni my love and tell her I miss her a bunch. If Aunt Ingrid asks, tell her I'm wearing the necklace she gave me to keep me safe. They don't like us wearing anything but our tags, but I promise is a promise. Love your son, Theodore Whitmore. So, it is 14 or 1,600 hours and uh, it's time for you guys to to go out on maneuvers. So uh, your sergeant, Sergeant Doolittle, who we've uh, just been kind of talking about here, uh, shows up to you guys and, all right, you guys, shut the heck up. Tired of listening to all this rambling. We got things to do. 
for America and for the world. Now, we've been marching every day and every night looking for them Nancys. We got to keep an eye out for them because we want to make sure that they're not coming our way. And if they are, we want to report it to the right group of people so that they can protect their country, whether that be Belgium or France or any of the other countries that we like. So tonight we're going to break into smaller groups so we can cover more territory and hopefully prevent happening in France and Belgium what happened in Poland. Beasley. Uh, yes, sir. I want you to take Clyde and Valentino Dutch Bug Eater and the good doctor here. I want you guys to march southeast about 10 miles and I want you to keep your eyes out. Stay on the path. Don't get off the path. Don't go into German territory. Is that understood? Uh, yes, sir. Good. Then he wanders off and starts yelling at some other groups, breaking them into smaller parts. Of course, everyone's at attention. And finally, the sergeant is like, I know you boys want to punch some Nazis, and I want to, too. That just ain't happening just yet. But we got a mission to do. and I know you're eager to serve your country. So get out there, boys. And give them heck. And with that, yes, he sir. ushers you out. You had a question? Nope. Just said yes, sir. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good, boy. I like your, your style. You've got pretty hair, too. <laughs> Move you, out. So you guys uh, start marching off southeast, following this path. It's really not, there's not like any roads out here, right? You are literally in the countryside. Uh, you may occasionally see a, um, uh, you know, a dirt road or something that's somewhat paved, but this is an area that people still kind of stay out of and away from after the Great War. And so a lot of trees, a lot of hills, a lot of ravines. And of course, one mile into your march, the rain starts to pour down and pour down and pour down. You guys wear anything with, for, for the rain? You guys wear yes. like a, the, the poncho? Maybe yeah, you're... definitely a poncho. Yeah, yeah we, okay, I so think that's all, the... You all have a poncho on. You've all got your boots laced up really good and tight. Hopefully you started <laughs> out with dry socks. Why don't we figure out what order everybody is marching in? And as everybody is marching, we can tell, um, you can tell us who you are and describe yourself. So who is, who is leading, who's leading the pack here? Boom. Is the doctor leading the pack? Yeah. Is there, well, I'm sorry, don't. is there, is there a difference in chain of command here? Does not now because you're all private. So, okay. I mean, technically Sergeant Doolittle told, um, uh, Peasley to, Peasley. to take okay. the group and lead, but Peasley mm -hmm. being a smart detective knows that the best type of leadership is the type of leadership that leads from the back. Okay. <laughs> so, um, uh, so let me just describe Peasley really quick. He is very tall. He's very thin. And by tall, I mean, average for 19, 1930s, 1940s, which puts him at about five, nine, five, 10, four, maybe four, as a, as a tall person. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a, that's a regular person is four, three. Uh, so yeah, he's about five, 10, five, 11. He's very rail thin. Right. And he's got a, you can tell he has a look on his face of someone who has really seen some stuff. He's from Chicago and he went through all of the prohibition 
He's probably dealt with a lot of mafia types. So he knows that the barrel of a gun needs to be pointed away from him at all times. So that's probably why he's in the back marching. And I think he's in this to kind of get away from Chicago. And I don't, and I think he's happy that they're not engaging. Maybe, I don't know. Anyway, who's in the front? I'll be up front. Okay. Uh, Carlos Dutch Arbogast. Right. Tell us so, about yourself. Uh, Carlos, a.k.a. Dutch Arbogast, is uh, pretty young uh, in his 20s. Um, he's probably average height, whatever average height is nowadays, like 5'9", <laughs> I guess. Um, he uh, is pretty clean cut, as the uh, Sarge pointed out um does a very good job of maintaining himself i think a lot of soldiers uh, as they start to move um you know stop shaving as often stop grooming as often but he really stays on top of it and seems like uh traveling is not something that he minds um he's kind of handsome um you have heard him on multiple occasions speak uh, definitely French and German. Um, uh, you know, somewhat not not super dark skin, but maybe olive skin, uh, light colored eyes, uh, thick eyebrows, black hair that he keeps pretty close cropped, and uh, definitely quick with uh, getting the poncho out and and covering himself up. Uh, you know, I think literally everybody here has a a rifle and a pistol, so he also has that. Uh, handy as well probably a little bit uh more uh ready to unclip that pistol than he is to sling that rifle okay all right who is right behind carlos and i guess i should ask is everybody marching in a line or are you marching in a clump um hmm. are we officially marching or are we skulking i mean you're you you're told to go that way and look for nazis Hmm. So maybe spread out a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. All right. So who is next in the, in this clump of, of, uh, of people? Ah, the doctor, the doctor is uh, kind of loping along. Um, honestly, I had not really thought about his height. So let's say he's like a guy. Okay. Uh, are you, uh, underweight, average weight, overweight? I would say average. Um, okay. Think uh, Donald Sutherland in 1972 kind of thing is probably what it is just in terms of his build. Okay. Um, he is definitely, obviously, um, of Mediterranean origin and tries really, really hard to hide the remaining bits and pieces of an accent that he got from, you know, learning from his immigrant parents, um, but not in... Entirely always successful. Um, not that I don't want to say shifty eyed, but very much kind of aware that kind of aware that can make you nervous, that can make you feel like you're not paying attention to something, which you know is kind of great when you're wandering around looking for Nazis. It's not so great when you're sitting around the mess tent and he's still kind of got that look of it's a, it's a that sort of thing. Um, but yes. What else? Um, because it is 
an actual thing. He does actually have the medic tag on his arm. Are you uh, are you carrying anything are, are, besides your like guns? Do you have anything else with you besides your your general issue grunt uh, uniform? Like a kit? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, do you have a kit? In fact, it's it's one of those cool things where everybody has the same helmet, but I have little things on the side of my helmet where you can like put stuff like little bottles or things and, and tinctures and junk. But yes, I do have a doctor's bag satchel thing, which is the, the main reason that I actually have to wear the thing. Because theoretically, if we do meet a Nazi and they shoot me, it's a war crime. So that's nice. Um, but yes, it, <laughs> I do have a regular aid kit as well as a more specialized medical bag. Okay. All right. What do you think of this weather? Uh, it's cold and gloomy and kind of rainy and obnoxious. Yeah. I, yeah. It, at home. the nighttime, at the nighttime, getting rained on is no fun. It's definitely, it definitely gets cold then, but we're in that weird time period, you know, in October's where some days you may have freezing temperatures and other days you may have really balmy temperatures. So mm-hmm. it kind of fluctuates. So it's, that probably adds to that misery of being cold or wet or not knowing which one you want. Uh, all right. Uh, who is following the doctor? Uh, Blisco. All right. Bug eater. This, this is definitely not going to be Blisco's voice this week. <laughs> uh, but no, Blisco's uh, probably the youngest one here. Uh, okay. Just barely into his 20s, about 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, Any color to his skin is clearly just because he spent most of his youth outside at the farm. But he's usually upbeat. Ready to help out with whatever needs to be done, making sure everybody else gets back okay. Well, because Bug Eater is from Nebraska, and apparently Theodore Clyde Whitmore uh, doesn't have a problem with someone from Nebraska, he is going to be next. And Clyde is, as you might expect him to be. Uh, Depression era, dust bowl, not a whole lot of food on the table. He's very skinnier. He would be underweight. He's probably a little bit shorter than average, although I wouldn't call him puny or a runt or anything like that. Uh, but, um, you know, he's just a little bit shorter than everyone else, but still seems to have a lot of, of eagerness. He's uh, obviously never been to Europe before, so all of this is brand new to him. Growing up in Dust Bowl, Oklahoma, there's obviously not a whole lot of, you know, these mountains and hills and, and lush greenery and trees that he's, he's seeing everywhere. So he does take a lot of it in. Uh, he's also dressed in a military, just general military uniform. Although one thing that you guys have noticed that he's always wearing, which you, some of you may question whether it's, it's against regulations or not, but around his neck, he's got a necklace that's made out of a blue stone that has the kind of circles in on itself, almost like a snail shell, but not a snail shell. But you notice that it's just this blue stone that he always wears around his neck uh, when you see him with his shirt off and those kinds of things. Um, he seems to never want to take it off. Those in the dog tags are, the, are, are what he will always have on him. But he's just kind of marching through. Uh, you can tell he's kind of miserable from all the rain, just really does not, does not like being in all this wet. Now we have our movie star. Not really a movie star, but he sure does look like a movie star. <laughs> Brian? Yes. Uh, so Nathaniel Braxton, if we're walking in more of a clump, is probably taking one of the, uh, let's say, the left flank and just kind of constantly peering into darkness. He has uh, 
fairly sharp features, uh, depending on how generous our fetching you find the looks. You might say chiseled or gaunt, uh, depending on yeah your preference. Okay, uh, he's got very sharp blue eyes and blonde hair. Currently, you know, mostly hidden underneath his helmet. Uh, he's got a big. Uh, you know, Poncho that's currently hiding and he's possibly trying to keep dry a uh, portable radio set. And uh, yeah, like I say, he's just peering to darkness. Uh, he's even in the best of times, usually has a scowl on his face, but particularly now in the rain and uh, just being very quiet and hating the sopping noises that is happening as we're having to march through this wetness not really able to hear much beyond that yeah i mean the heavy rain just kind of drowns out all the noise the animals that would be wild in the forest you know the birds the rabbits the squirrels any insects that would be out this late in the fall any wolves uh any other creatures you know the mountain jaguar. lion or something that's out there not a, probably not a jaguar but definitely there might be a some kind of a of a lion of some type uh, around um they're just trying to stay out of the rain as much as possible so you do just hear this whoosh of rain just constantly coming down and it's beating on your helmet so it makes it a little hard to hear I, i'm sure that clyde and bug eater are, are trying to have a conversation uh with one another uh but it is really hard to hear over the roaring of the of the of the uh, rain and then the of your boots just marching in the mud and maybe not on the path anymore. So in the game of Octoon Cthulhu, one of the things that helps you guys do awesome things is something called momentum. And there's a pool of momentum that you guys get to use to add additional dice to your rolls or to um, uh, do some other uh, really cool things like maybe empower a result, maybe add another damage die to it or to create a truth in this environment. Right now, you've got some negative truths going on. It's rainy, it's hard to see, and it's muddy and nasty. Uh, so that's kind of a negative truth that you guys have going for you. Um, but the momentum spins that you guys can do can actually allow you to have more successes and generate more momentum and give your party a chance to do some really, really heroic things. Problem is, you're starting this game out with zero momentum. So let's see if we can't get you guys a little bit of momentum. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the biggest? We'll push him down a hill. Uh, everybody look at your agility scores. I'm sorry. Oh, look geez. at your agility scores. Okay. And what I would like for you all to do is also this will give you a chance to roll some just basic D20s. In in the in this game, it is a two d twenty system. So the minimum dice that you roll are two d uh, twenties. And what you're going to do is you're going to take your and I want everybody to do this: your ability score plus your athletics score. So for example, uh, Clyde Theodore Clyde Whitmore has an agility of eight and an athletics of one. So if we add those two together, he has a total of nine. He's okay. going to roll. Um, and the formula for anybody who's listening and, and is interested in this stuff, it's going to be slash R, uh, two D 20 less than nine. So that is the score that we have to beat in order to succeed in this, in this, uh, skills check to just see 
you're walking up and down hills. It's very muddy. It's probably very slick at this point. Your boots are coated and caked in mud. Uh, Clyde's going to roll and he gets, oh, he gets one success. So he is very sure footed and doesn't fall down. So I want everybody to roll, uh, uh, roll the agility plus athletics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. So everybody. Two D20 less did that. you panic when you saw the one, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 2d20 less than your t- uh, total skills. Uh, okay. check. Oh, no, dang it. So, uh, so here's how everybody rolled. Just so listeners at home kind of understand how this system I works. Rolled Clyde rolled a 16 and a nine. Uh, he only needs one success. So there's one success that was generated. Um, uh, Dutch, uh, rolled a 17 and a two. So he had a success. Now, uh, Rodrigo, do you have, does anybody, I guess I should say, does anybody have, um, a focus in athletics? No. I do not. Uh, focuses would be highlighted on the character. Yes, sheet, they would be highlighted on your character sheet. Okay. No. Okay. All right. So, um, if your focus number, let's just say, for example, uh, Clyde has a rank of one in athletics, and let's just say that he had physical training as a focus. If I would have rolled a one, I, well, first of all, I would have already automatically generated two successes. But let's say I had a two or a three, uh, I would hit a double success on those numbers as well. And we'll see that happen as you guys level up. Uh, but Dutch, he rolled a 17 and a two has one success. Um, Blisco bug eater, uh, Rob's character rolled a five and an 18. So he gets one success. Brian. Ah, Brian, congratulations, man. You rolled a one and a 13. That's automatically. So a one in this game is actually really good success. Yeah. You get two successes. And so because the difficulty on this was only one, because you rolled two successes, one point of that success goes into your momentum pool. So you guys should all see momentum now go up to one. And then we have uh, Matthew's character, the doctor. Um, He rolled a 16 and a 13 against (laughs) a skill of seven. So zero successes. Mm. The poor doctor hits a really slick spot. And goes tumbling down a ravine. I was kidding when I said push the biggest one down a hill, Stephen. <laughs> I don't, I, but I don't think you said you were the tallest one. So, um, uh, so I yes, I uh, the doctor goes, uh, w- the doctor's well and slips, and, and you guys just all see this shape tumble down the side of a very steep hill. Well, Bug Eater, you're the doctor now. <laughs> Matthew, I'll, roll a new character. We'll um, see you next. Yeah, week. I'll, I'll go over. <laughs> and, I'll, I'll go over and check on him. Okay, so you carefully make your way down the side of the hill. Yeah, I'll grab onto some like roots and stuff. I, well, first off, like visually, if I can see the bottom, like is he okay? I think you can. I think you can see far enough down there where you can see a shape that's moving around. It's not like he's laying still. Okay. Yep, yeah, I'll just carefully make my way down. Okay, so roll another agility plus athletics check. And Great. you all with a difficulty of one. Important. Actually, you yeah. know what? I'm going to increase the difficulty of this one to two, just so you guys can maybe get a, an idea of what momentum is. Because you're going down this very slick hillside, sure. the difficulty of doing that is is increased. So what you need to do uh, is you need to roll two successes in order to succeed. Right. You can use a point of momentum to roll a third die. So you'd be rolling three D twenties versus your, 
your skill check, or you could take your chances and just roll two d20s. There's there's definitely a, a, a gamer part of my brain that says <laughs> that I should just take the momentum, but I, I won't. I, I, so the other thing is, if you use the momentum, and let's say you get three successes, well, mm-hmm. one of those momentum go back into the pool. Sure, but that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying is like with my luck, none of that will happen. Okay, <laughs> but I got a one. Oh, all right. So you had one go. success, but it was a difficulty of two. So you had well, you rolled a what? Oh, oh, yeah, I rolled okay, a, yeah, yeah. I rolled you rolled a one. one. So you did. Yeah. You, so you do get uh, two successes there. So you make it down to the bottom. And what goes on? Uh, is the dock there? Yeah, he is the there. He is. It looks like the wind has been knocked out of him. I'll basically I'll keep like one hand on like the uh like the sturdiest part of the ravine that i found and then just like reach out and be like hey dog need a hand yes thank you i'm gonna take his hand there is a problem you run into a problem though it was very difficult getting down it's even more difficult to get back up the way you came oh my gosh yeah. so uh, there's some other i mean you're not you yeah. know there are ways out in fact, um, let's see. Why don't both uh, Rodrigo and Matthew, why don't you roll a um, insight plus observation? And the difficulty here is one. So we're trying to be one. Yeah, you're trying to get one success. One success. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're trying to roll below whatever your insight plus insight. observation is. One success. Oh, three successes that you guys got. So uh, we'll add one more to the momentum pool. Because Matthew is very observant. He's probably been down at the bottom of this uh, hill for a few minutes, waiting for uh, somebody to come down and get him. Uh, So you notice that there is a way out, um, sloping away from the hillside, and then slowly curving back up the other side. Oh, wait, will we be on the other side of the ravine from our comrades? Yep. Hmm. You might want to um, let them know to maybe meet yeah. you around on the other side or something. Yeah, you boys assuming... okay down there? You took quite a tumble, Doc. Uh, yeah, we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. Um, we're not going to be able to get out this way, though. So we'll meet you guys. And we're going to head that direction. Okay, we'll, we'll meet you over there. Hey, kid, shut up. You're making a lot of noise out here. Oh, sorry there. <laughs> well, we'll make our way to a uh, someplace that's not quite so steep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you'll kind of tramp, and I'm sure there's water running through here, so this is going to get into your boots, which is not going to make Eve very happy. Uh, <sighs> but uh, you, you find some shrubbery. You find a little gentler slope for you to climb up uh, to the side. And uh, right about the time that you reach the top of the hill and you meet the party on the other side, the rest of your group on the other side, the rain just lets up. Now, it's still cloudy out, but the rain lets up and it's now very quiet. And as you stand there on the ridge, probably, hopefully, are you guys like, what are you doing? You're probably covered in mud there, Doc. Yeah, I'll climb up and sort of sturdy myself and then help him up. Okay. 
So you guys wipe as much of the muck and the mud off your bodies as you can. Uh, unfortunately, I think that that on your helmet there, Matthew, has kind of got a lot of mud caked on. I think it may be a little bit harder to see a a red T on your helmet. <laughs> Crimson. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit harder. Yeah. Trademark. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you start to hear some, you know, some uh, sounds of the the night creatures. You know, you start to hear some birds, you know, tweeting. And you hear some uh, cicadas or some whatever uh, is the equivalent of cicadas in, in Germany. European or cicadas. In, in, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're coming out and starting to make noise. And it's, you can, as you're standing around cleaning off, you can feel that the, the weather is just a little bit more muggy right now. And it starts to get foggy. And so it's now a little bit more difficult to see. Mm-hmm. Rob, why don't you roll an uh, observation and insight check? Okay. Just to see what you get. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you've got one success. You rolled a two, but you also rolled a 20. And in um, uh, in the 2D20 system, in Octoon Cthulhu's 2D20, uh, the 20 results in a complication. It's not a failure, but it does add a complication to the scene or to your skills check. And you succeeded. You know that, okay, we are in a general area where we think we are supposed to be, but you got a really sinking suspicion that you are not where you're supposed to be. You don't think you've seen this area before. Well, this ain't good. And what are you talking about, kid? Well, these trees look right, but not exactly. Where's the path? Uh, we were supposed to be following the path. Um, we we kind of lost the path before the dock slipped. Jeez, Louise. Are we all well, we together now, or are we like on yeah, the you're, other side? You're all, you're all together. You're all together. So... Do you think we crossed into Germany? Germany? We ain't supposed to be in Germany. Hey, keep it down. Uh, I don't know how we'd be able to tell. Mm. Well, it is cloud cover is oversight overhead. I, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, Valentino, but you're going to have to make the adjustment from Mademoiselle's to Fräulein's. Now listen, you guys, if we are caught on this side, if we are caught on this side of the border, we are going to be in some serious trouble. We better try to find our way back as quickly as possible. Agreed. So it's dark. There's, I mean, you are like in the woods. I mean, it's not like a clearing. It's not like you can see for a mile. I mean, it's like tree after tree, after tree, after tree. And, And because the trees are spaced out, Evenly enough, you can, you know, navigate easily through the trees, through the forest. But with the fog rolling in and the ground being super muddy, even a lot of your footprints are harder to see now, especially in the dark. <laughs> so you're saying you um, literally can't see the forest. For the you Well, I mean, you can see the forest and you can see the trees. You just don't know whether these trees reside in Germany or whether they are in Belgium or whether you've wandered into portions of France. I will, I'll try to get orienteered. Okay. So, uh, insight versus observation. Uh, can I use survival instead? 
Sure. I, you actually, have, uh, my observation is the same. Okay. Do you have any uh, focuses in survival? Uh, it's I do, but it's animal handling, which, you know, <laughs> I'm not... I don't think this game allows you to ask squirrels yet. No, but if we were totally in a different place, I mean... The owls are not what they seem. Yes. I, I doubt a, a few miles distance either yeah. side of the border you're going to be able to tell from animal not, handling. Not enough a bi- a bi- of a biome change. Yeah. If, if uh, you had orienteering, that would help you, yes. But animal yeah. handling, probably not. So inside... Why do you have, so why do you have uh, for our listeners, why do you have animal handling? Oh, because your... uh, he knows how to ride. Ah, okay. Like he's, yeah, he, he's, got, he's got a lot of like, uh, you know, rich boy abilities. Ah, okay. All right. All right, so roll, so let's roll it and see what, what you get. So inside is two survivalists, or sorry, inside is nine survivalists, two, so that puts me at 11, uh, one success. One success, all right, very good. Uh, yeah, you, you can tell that this is... Moss on the trees. Guys, yeah, you, you can tell that the moss on the trees, uh, you can tell which way is north, so that's good, but uh, you guys have been moving southeast this entire time, or thinking you've been moving southeast the entire time, so all directions north would probably lead you into Germany regardless. Okay. But that may be a good place to kind of start. All right. I'll, I'll relay that to, to everyone. And, you know, are you guys, do you guys start moving in any kind of a direction? I mean, if you well, know you've been generally traveling well, southeast, you, you know, or yeah, you would know that northwest would be probably the area you wanted to start moving back towards. Sure. Um, north towards Germany, isn't it? Uh, southeast yeah. would be towards Germany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then, yeah, probably northwest is where we okay want to go, unless we want to look, like just head straight west. But since we don't know exactly where we are, and these countries are pretty jagged, yeah, um, we might just try to go northwest instead. Okay, so you start moving northwest, and about five minutes later. You come to a hill, uh, and as you are starting to move around the side of the hill, you hear a snap of a, of a twig and you look up and over the top of the ridge, you see a soldier appear. And this soldier is by all accounts, a Nazi. I mean, he's got the red thing with the thing, the symbol on there. and the weird thing is, though, while he's got the, the Nazi symbol, his uniform is not the gray that you normally would expect. It's pure black. It's almost hard to see him. If it wasn't for the for, you know, just a little bit of of some light from somewhere, maybe his cigarette uh, illuminating his his insignia on on his shoulder, on his arm, you probably would have missed him completely. His helmet, though, is really also very weird. It looks like a traditional uh, helmet that you might see. Uh, the Nazis wear, uh, but this one has like an eyepiece on it uh, that kind of has a weird kind of maybe glow to it. Uh, I don't know if this is something that is allowing him to see in the dark because he doesn't have any kind of lights or anything just like you guys. Um, but he doesn't, he appears very confident in the way that he's moving. And then on his other shoulder, you notice on the insignia uh, of his, of his unit or his rank or whatever it is, there's a patch that has like a, what looks like a wolf's claw or wolf's paw on it. And of course it snaps. He looks down and 
he's kind of startled. He's kind of taken aback by what he sees. Voss? Americana? Americana? Americana! Americana! And he turns around and starts running back over the hill. How far away are we from that forest? Oh, how far away are you from him? No, uh, from the from the forest we were just in. Oh, you're still in it. From the okay. okay. All right. So still in the tree. Hot dang, that's one of them Nazis. Yep. Spread out. Do you go and give chase? I don't think so. I think we should assume shooting positions. If he comes Fine. back, people. Defensible cover, maybe. <laughs> yep. Okay, so you guys, of uh, what you see down at the bottom of the map is the area in which you and your party are at, where all of you are at. If you want to move yourself around inside this starting block, you certainly can, but you can be in any position inside this starting uh, block. The area that you guys occupy. So one of the things that is very different, now, of course, we're using a battle map here, but uh, the 2D20 system does not really uh, use distances. They have close, which is you know, literally right next to you, which would be, uh, I guess, one square away. Um, then you have medium range, which would be like uh, two to, I'm going to say four or five squares away. That would be a medium range. So about, yeah, about, uh, yeah, 30 feet, I guess, is the edge of your medium range. And then after 30 feet, you get into a um, uh, long range or an extended range. Uh, for that. So when you're doing an action, you can move from one zone to another. Okay. Um, you have a long range. That's basically two zones away. So where the, the camp is that you see, that is a long range. And then if you were to be like on the other side of the camp where that clump of trees is, that would be an extreme range. That makes sense. So it's not hard and fast, yeah. but I do want you kind of to, to think about that. Okay. So the, Soldier that is running away from you is in the medium range zone. The camp that you guys see, as, as you see, you've suddenly realized, ah, the reason why you could see this guy's uniform is because there is a campfire in this camp and it has given just enough illumination, either bouncing off the fog or whatever that's going on uh, to provide just a base level of illumination for you to see relatively clearly you can see that the camp is comprised of two tents, a larger tent, which you imagine is where the leader of the group, probably a lieutenant, uh, you know, has his stuff, probably any uh, major equipment or radios that they might use to contact headquarters will probably be in that tent. You also notice a smaller across the other side of the uh, campfire. You will notice a kind of a smaller tent, kind of a lean-to tent, and that's probably where any of the soldiers who are not on active duty uh, would probably rest or sleep. Although, as you peer out, you notice that these soldiers appear to be on high alert. And you can see, I don't know if you guys can see this, but you have one soldier running away from you. And the minute that he starts yelling, uh, you notice that the other soldiers are also taking some positions to see what's going on. And the lieutenant, who has a red dot by him, and I don't know if you can see that one, Matthew. He is this guy right here. That appears to be the person in charge. There's also boxes and other things that are around this. I mean, this looks like a mobile, mobile station, but it looks like they've been here for a day or two. 
which would be rather odd if they were in Belgium. Or maybe they are in Belgium, and they're just really good at hiding in the woods. Unlike us. Unlike you. So, uh, we have entered combat, and in the uh, Octoon 2D20 system, uh, typically the heroes get to go first. And uh, as a hero, um, you can look at one of your actions that you can do. You can move, you can shoot, you can um, do some minor actions, and you can look at your cheat sheets to see what you do there. After a person has used their turn, it then goes to the, the other team. And then back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. However, um, you can use your momentum spins. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Let me look here. Let me double check. Oh, yeah. You can use two momentum to do what's called keeping the initiative. Meaning that for instead of going back to the other side, you can keep the initiative on your side so a second person could go right after you. But you can only do that once before you have to let the opposition go. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, who would like to uh, act first in this? I would like to shoot. I'm gonna, cause, uh, and, and also, I should also say, I should also say, Matthew. Um, uh, typically, this game wants the your team to go first. Although that's not always the case. Like if you were ambushed or something like that. But mm-hmm. typically, you will always be able to act first. Okay. So, I would like. To shoot this guy. <laughs> However, okay, what are you going to shoot him with? I'm going to shoot him with a rifle because I got a rifle. I'm okay. You're going to shoot him with a rifle. Is it clean? Ish. So are you? So are you going to use your rifle or are you going to use your uh, handgun? Rifle. So again, with distances, if you look at your, so he is in the he's in the medium range zone. If you look at your equipment, and everybody was was given as we've talked about before in the GM roundtable the guns that you guys are, are given, uh, you have the, the Garand rifle, which has a range of medium. So he is well within range because of um, just because of where he's at. And so the difficulty that you would need to hit as a success is only one. However, however, <laughs> it's uh, it's foggy. So the difficulty goes up to two. Okay. So that means if you roll two dice, you have to get successes on both of the dice. You could use a momentum and roll three dice, mm-hmm. if you like. The question, <laughs> the question that I have, and I think the biggest question that I'm going to, you know, have here is: clearly, we're entering a combat phase, so I'm not going to like burn down reality if I shoot. If no, 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 if I, you probably should. You know, since that tent. Uh, that you're looking at probably has. I don't know if you can see it in the distance. It looks like uh-huh. it has an antenna there, and you really oh. probably don't want them radioing back to base saying, oh, right. "Hey, uh, Americans are in, uh, are in Germany. It's an invasion." Okay. okay. All right. Then I'll definitely use the RPG that I keep in my medical bag. No, you um, can use the you can use the gun that you have. And okay. so to do a to do a, a ranged attack, you need to roll a coordination plus fighting. Do you guys think that using one of our, we only have one momentum right now, don't we? Or we have two? You have two, two momentum. If I use one of the momentum to stop this, do you think it's going to uh, crush yeah, everything? Just, everything? No, nah, just go ahead and I, use it. It'll be our I inaugural momentum use. Okay. And uh, 
I mean, honestly, I'd almost I'm going to maybe going for the uh, the other the fortune. You could do a fortune, sure. Mm-hmm. Fortunes so are for- really magical things. So fortunes are really magical things. These are the things that you want to do. You want to use a fortune when you need to perform something awesome, something spectacular. And there's two ways that you can spend a fortune. The first one is before you roll any dice, you can use spend a fortune to create a critical success, which was where you're going to set regardless of the number of dice you roll. One of them is always going to be set to a one, which would be two successes. Okay. You can also use a fortune to do a re-roll of however many dice you want. Uh, yeah. So let's say that you roll three dice and all of them come up. Boo. Um, you could spend a fortune and re-roll all three of those dice if you want. You could also maybe uh, spend a fortune and create a truth So uh, about I, the area. If I use a fortune, it's a guaranteed success. Yes, you will hit this guy. One of okay. your dice are automatically a one which is two successes so if i choose to use a fortune i can do that or create a truth or i can do that and create it nope it's either or so if i'm going to use a fortune i would roll three with a difficulty of nope you would roll uh 2d20 okay uh versus your um Versus your coordination plus fighting. Okay. Which for you is, I think, 11,000. If he's, if he's using a fortune, he would only roll one. Yeah. And the other okay. one's automatically a one. Oh, okay. Automatically That's one. Fine. Okay. Yeah. So just a 1d20 versus whatever your... Um, coordination plus fighting. Okay. Yep. I can do that. Your coordination is 10 and your fighting is one. So 11. Zero successes, boo. Okay, so you have one success, and you, because you used a fortune, so you lose one fortune, so you're now down to two fortune on your character sheet. Okay. Um, you still hit this guy, right? Because you needed uh-huh. two successes to do that. Uh, so now you get a roll damage on, you know, how much damage this guy is going to take. And uh-huh. with the rifle, you get to roll uh, five damage dice. So if you're using the macro that we were talking about before, just uh-huh. click on the damage dice roll button. And okay. then when that pops up, change that number from five because the default is always four. So mm-hmm. change that damage dice to five and then hit submit. Okay. okay. So here's what happened. You rolled um, four damage, but you also rolled two effects. Okay? okay. Now, this one does not have an effect on it. But what ends up happening with the effect is you add two additional points of damage to um to your attack okay so what ended up happening is this guy is running his back is Mm -hmm. towards you and you shoot him in the back one two three four five six literally and he is he's dead he is dead oh point of order though yes uh, for the extra damage for the effect, will you not have to spend an ammo for that? No, not in this case. On the effect, you it, if there's no like effect effect for this because it's not a salvo, um, it just adds additional damage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, who's going to go next, Matthew? So there's again a couple of things that you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. You can either spend a momentum and you can keep the advantage to your team. 
or mm-hmm. you can turn it over to the baddies. Are any of the baddies in position to immediately fire on us? Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to fire on you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, it wouldn't, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily, I couldn't, like, bamboozle them by turning it over to them now, and then they have, like, a flat-footed lack of surprise or something. No, hmm. you just shot one of their guys as he's running back. And he just, you know, falls down and they're hearing the gunshot. So they all know what's they all know that they're under attack. So I'm sorry, not was that a Wilhelm scream? (laughs) No, it was not. Yeah, I think you need to look up what a Wilhelm scream is. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, no, he he just falls down dead, you know, literally feet from the camp. Okay. What do you guys think? Should I turn it over? Or should we keep it, spend a momentum? And I would say throw it to them just because I think we need to keep the momentum for actually hitting. So um, there is a guy who instantly, he was apparently leaning up against these boxes. He instantly spins around it. He already had his gun out. In fact, they all had their guns out even before this guy started screaming and running towards them. So that's really weird. But he drops, he's hiding behind these boxes. So he ends up, if anybody wants to attack him, he has a point of cover which means that if you do hit him, one of his, one of the damage is reduced on, on him, just so you know how cover works. But he is going to take a shot at, I don't know, he's just going to kind of fire wildly. It looks like he sees a guy in the front that's closer. That would be um, uh, Easy Peasley over here, and he's going to try and shoot him, and it just goes wild. Ba-ching! Zing! And uh, of course, it's it kind of fires right between Peasley and Clyde, and they both kind of look each other as the uh, bullet ricochets off this big stone mound behind you. And then it's back to you guys. Who's going to go next? Um, can I try to like move into the trees? Yeah, uh, that cover? will take. You can move. Uh, I guess it depends on which clump of trees you're going to move into. But yes, you can move into the trees as your action. Yep, I would I would like to do that if that's okay. Okay. Very very good. You rush off into uh the trees. You can be either there or you can even be in that clump uh higher up. So that is your action, is the move action. Okay. Uh you're gonna send it back to the to the bad guys? Yeah, I think so. You've got this guy over here. He's also going to uh just take a pot pot shot at somebody. Uh, he's just going to fire wildly. He's got like this tent and this rock kind of in his way and he hits. Oh no. He hits. Uh, who's this? Uh, this is uh, Valentino. Valentino. Can I dive for cover? Uh, is that an interrupt action? Can you do that? A reaction? Yeah. Uh, reaction hit the dirt. You are targeted by a ranged attack. You may move to any point in close range and drop prone. In addition to the effects of being prone, gain plus two cover and plus two morale until you start of your next turn. Uh, so you can, um, yeah, so the cover will will give you a little bit of reduction in damage. Yeah, I think I will uh, do that. Okay, so you are prone. If you would really quick, read up on prone. All right. Well, there is uh, the same uh, thing, prone. It does say uh, plus one difficulty to range attacks and out of reach. Uh, Four out of reach prone targets. Plus one difficulty, two range attacks out of reach on a prone for target, or minus one difficulty to melee or range attacks in reach on a prone target. Okay. 
So the bullet goes whizzing by as you're diving and that bullet rips across your shoulder and you're taking two points of physical damage. Yeah. Or in this game, it's called stress. stress. So you take two points of physical stress. Does armor do anything to that? Yeah, I got one. Oh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. So you only take one point because I forgot right. you had armor. So, yes, you can reduce that. and You only have one. Okay. I have one point of stress as uh, it pings off my helmet. Or whatever. There you go. Uh, let's see. The lieutenant. Oh, so now it's back to you guys. Um, I think at this point, um, I'm going to use um, uh, easy peasy. And he is also just going to make a mad dash over to here. And I'm going to say that depending on line of sight, depending on who's shooting, he is behind some trees and so has a little bit of cover uh, from there as well. So he rushes uh, kind of in the opposite direction of, of uh, Carlos and uh, just hustles as fast as he can. Like he's, you can tell the way that he's running, he's not running serpentine, but uh, you can tell that he's been shot at before and he knows what he's doing back to the Nazis, right? Yeah. Uh, the, back to the, the Nazis, the, back to the Nazis, the Lieutenant screams, get them, get them. And, uh, he's going to use his rifle and he is going to fire at, uh, Clyde and he's going to have two successes on this. Actually, the difficulty for him goes up to three, I'm going to use one of my threat. The GM has threat, which is basically the same as momentum for the players. So I'm going to roll three D 20. And is that a success? Oh my gosh. That's two successes. Uh, unfortunately he needed three successes because he is at a uh, long distance and his gun is only a medium range. So fortunately uh, Clyde uh, is spared a bullet from the Nazi. All right, back to the party. I think the, we've only got Clyde and Bug Eater left. Yep, uh, we're going to bug off. Okay, where are you going to run to? Over here. Okay, so you also run to another clump of trees behind um, behind where Carlos is. Mm-hmm. You are still in a... In a uh, you would be in a still, I think, from here, a long range. Ah. Uh, Rod- Rodrigo, I think, would be in the medium range. Um, easy peasy and... Carlos are both within medium range. I would allow you to, again, move up next to Rodrigo's character yeah. if you want. Or... Yeah, we'll come up next to Dutch. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was the lieutenant. This guy, we got one guy who's got his back turned. He spins around and he sees... Um, he sees a bug eater running into the trees. And he's going to take a pot shot at him. He only needs... He needs two successes plus one for uh, you're in cover. Um, so he needs three successes. I will spend another threat here just so I can get that. Actually, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend. So the first time that you buy a die from the, uh, for the momentum pool, it costs you one momentum. If you want to buy a second dice or second die, uh, to add to it, you have to spend two additional momentum. So a total of yeah. three for two, two die. So I'm, I'm now reduced the threat to four and I'm going to roll four die to see if I can hit Rob. And I have one, two, oh, only two successes. So you are good enough, uh, bug heater that 
the uh, a branch near your head snaps off like oh, no. the splinters splinters go flying out but fortunately uh that guy missed you completely and so i guess that is clyde's turn right is, is uh, he's the only one that's left all right so clyde is like you nazis you're not going to take me and he just for whatever reason just goes rushing forward uh-oh. into like an open into an open area like i don't know where this guy oh. learned to fight but uh just rushing forward is probably not the thing you want to do i think maybe he's thinking a heroic charge but that is not the place that you want to go at this time but there he is and you can hear uh he's like you idiot get out of there and that is the end of uh the first round of combat I- so now Go ahead. Uh, uh, so does reaction take your turn? Because I have action takes your turn. Oh yeah, you haven't had an action yet. Okay, so yeah. the Nazis, all four of the Nazis have gone. Uh, the remaining Nazis have gone. So Brian, you may go next. Sorry. About okay. That. Um, so you're prone. I, yeah. So it uh, looks like I'd have to spend a movement as my minor action to stand up, and yep. I don't see any way to move additionally to that. Um, and we still have one momentum, right? You have two momentum. Two momentum. Okay. So I think I could probably spend one of those to draw my rifle. Okay. Uh, you my... can use that as a minor action to draw your rifle. Okay. Yeah. Well, or I did you use the minor, minor action, action to stand? Okay. Yeah. Right. I used so... my minor action to stand. So I'd have to use a momentum to get a second minor action. Yes. And so, and then I guess try to attack even though this is really not my best you are at a far range whoever you're going to attack so your difficulty (laughs) goes up to three here oh boy uh actually uh how about as uh i catch my breath and try to see if i can clear that potential stress i I don't think you have to worry about that right now (laughs) that's true it's really true you (laughs) might i I mean this might be a good time to use a fortune right get two automatic successes and then roll your die and hope that you get uh Roll yeah. your dice and hope that you get the the one other additional success that you need. Yeah, I can try it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. reduce your fortunes by one. Yeah, I think I'll just save that other momentum for someone that can actually shoot with a darn. And I will just try this versus uh, it's uh, agility. Plus... No, it, you are doing uh, coordination plus fighting. Coordination. Okay, coordination's a little better. So coordination. Hey, hey whoa. You you three successes. So, success. uh, so which guy were you shooting at, first of all? Oh, I, this guy, is he's not behind any sort of cover, is he? No, he really isn't. So all roll, right. uh, what is it, 5D. So let's see, I had two ones. So that'd be with one momentum? No, you needed three successes on this. So you spent uh, one fortune, right, to get yeah. the automatic two. And then you had the one additional success that'll take you to three. I had two additional success. Oh, that's I right. Because again, you rolled a one. So yes, you <laughs> we will add one more momentum to the pool. Yeah, good <laughs> job. All right. Wow, Brian. So, see, you never thought that your ones would be. <laughs> I didn't think important. it worked like this, but wow, we'll we, see wow, how wow. this goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You anyways, five damage. Ooh, six. Total yeah, this back. guy. This guy's, and you're shooting at this guy. Yeah, this one catches him right in the eye. I mean, I don't know if you can see it from this far, but that bullet just hits him square in the eye, and he just goes flying backwards doesn't even make a sound there's just this one crack and the next thing you know you just see this guy kind of fly backwards and fall down and he is 
dead. I actually hit him. You did. Hit him right in the eye. You may find that out later, but yes, you definitely hit him and he is down and out. <laughs> and I think then, then that's everybody, right? Yes. I believe. So uh, since yeah. we're starting the round over and you know there are no uh nazis that aren't starting first uh brian who who do you want to go next i'm just gonna i'm just gonna do that for this game who do you want to go next oh well uh i feel like dutch was moving with some purpose uh going to the trees so i will toss it back and see what he can do here all right so uh rodrigo okay uh i am all of these guys are within a medium range of you uh dutch will take out his rifle and in a very practiced way, like put it to his shoulder and look down the site. Uh, and if I am right about this, um, I can aim and also take a shot. Yes. You can do an aim as a minor action. And if you look at your, um, the minor actions says one D 20 may be rerolled during your attack this turn. Yep. So I'll need two successes. I need two successes, so I might, mm-hmm. on top of that, take a momentum to okay. give myself yeah. another, if that's okay with people. Yep, that sounds good to me. Totally up to you. So, uh, with one momentum, I get 3d20. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, we'll try this. Oh, wow. You got four successes on this. So I'm not, I'm not re-rolling those. You're not going to re-roll those? Okay. No. And again, you don't have any focuses in fighting, right? I do, but it's in handguns. Oh, it's... Ah. Oh, right. And you used a rifle. Okay. Yep. That's okay. I'm too far away to use a hand... I mean, apparently I'm not too far away to use a handgun. I could yeah. have, like, spanked a <laughs> shot off of somebody's helmet into somebody's ear from here, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before successes, like that's... Difficulty, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> you only needed three on that, so you add one more momentum back into your pool, so... Used a momentum, gained a momentum. That's great. Uh, roll your damage for you again, 5D. On damage that. dice roll. Roll me five. Uh, three. Ooh, five. You hit that guy. Which one is he? Uh, which one are you shooting at, I guess I should say? The one that's pointed right at you? Uh, yeah, yeah. The one that was okay. shooting in this direction at us. Right. So one, two, three, four. And this guy has some um, armor. And so one, two, Three, four, five. Yeah, he only takes four damage. So he's like, "I, my shoulder." <laughs> All right, and he's uh, as he's uh, as he uh, is going to uh, try to uh, re-aim. He sees this guy running across the field towards him, and he is just going to take aim at uh, at Clyde, and he misses both. He, he has zero successes on this. So Clyde is super lucky. Uh, that that shot goes wild, probably because you shot him in the arm, Rodrigo. He's having some trouble uh, uh, aiming. Nice. All right. Uh, we'll send it back to the party. Who wants to go next? I kind of want. I sure do. You do? Okay, Doc. What are you going to do? Uh, uh, okay. Anybody injured? I mean, I Brian, but great. it's like <laughs> merely a flesh wound. Brian, it's not only a flesh wound, and I am only seeing one soldier. In clear view, is that correct, or is this guy? Uh, you have uh, there's that guy's a so you've got a soldier here, mm-hmm. you've got a lieutenant here, mm-hmm. you've got this guy who is prone behind some boxes. So mm-hmm. the difficulty for shooting him, especially from where you're at, if you try to shoot him, difficulty is mm-hmm. going to be four. Mm-hmm. 
But the lieutenant, for whatever reason, he's like, you can slowly kind of see him starting to creep back towards the entrance of the tent a little bit. Like he's mm-hmm. about ready to, to run in. Um, still from here, you'd have to get three successes to do that. You've also got fortune that could guarantee you two successes. But um, yeah, right, right now for you, from where you're at, you need to have a difficulty of three to get any of these guys. So it is possible to hit the lieutenant with three successes. With three successes. Yes. And I can spend a to get to. You can spend a fortune. You can. Spend a fortune and a momentum and let's see if we can. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would think. A fortune and a momentum. Okay. So roll uh, 3d20 versus your um, uh, coordination and fighting. Well, 2d20 spending the. Yeah. It would be 2d20, right? Well, no. So I thought you said have him do a fortune and a momentum. Yeah. So a momentum, uh, a fortune turns one of his dice into two auto successes, right. leaving him with one die to roll. A momentum would add one additional okay. die. Yeah. Yeah. Two die. Yeah. Yeah. Two D 20. I liked it better when it was three D 20. Yeah. No, you, you don't. You would have had fewer successes. Ooh, you got two successes off of that. You have four successes total. So you hit the guy, you get a momentum point back, roll your damage, uh, five dice. And let's see if you uh, knock this guy out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, so yeah, this the lieutenant is uh, just about to turn to run into the tent to grab the microphone and scream back to HQ, you know, that the Americans are invading. Uh, but just as he is turning into the tent and as he's grabbing the microphone, pow, right in the back, which... Um, I don't know what that says about Matthew's character where he's willing to shoot people in the back, but uh, he does and um, takes this guy out completely. It's, uh, you it's, rolled, uh, you it's rolled not a like question eight. of willing, the question of can I? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah, with his uh, armor, even with his armor, you, you take him out. Excellent. Yeah. The doctor has like the highest kill count so far. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What hip yeah. Got to go. All right, so uh, we've got this soldier who's uh, prone. He sees this uh, guy running towards him, just you know, screaming or whatever. I don't know what's going on with Clyde, and he's going to uh, <laughs> take a shot at Clyde. And what is that? That is a six. So he does hit uh, Clyde, and that's not good because um, these weapons are a little bit, a little bit more powerful than. Oh shoot, Clyde! No. One, two, three, four. So he, uh, Clyde takes three damage. Ah, oh, my boy. leg! My leg! I, shot me in the leg! <laughs> he done I shot me in the leg! Killed? Yeah, um, and, and... Yeah, go ahead, Rodrigo. Uh, yeah, Dutch turns to Bug Eater and says, Bug Eater, you're a new idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I mean... Uh, yeah, we can work with that. The nice thing about those Oklahoma boys is that they, they come from sturdy stock. Clyde's stress is 13. So he's, oh. he, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, speaking of Clyde, even though he's been shot, you done shot me in the leg. And he just goes running up uh, right on top of, of this guy. And then it's back to the Nazis. Uh, this guy, the, the Nazi that's been shooting at uh, Carlos and uh, bug eater this entire time uh, sees this coming. And pivots to turn to shoot 
Clyde. And so, um, hmm. Yeah, this is still a, a rifle range on this. So he only needs two successes now. And he does get two successes. Ouch. Oh. go, Clyde, you dumbass. One, two, three, four, five, six. So Clyde takes another shot in his shoulder. That's my good shoulder. It took and now it's Clyde rhymes with guy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Back to you guys. Who wants to go next? Uh, I think it's either me or bug eater. Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Uh, we'll try and shoot one of the. Uh... All right. So shooting is coordination plus fighting. Coordination plus fighting. Yep. Oh, good. And you I'm have a difficulty. That. You have a difficulty of uh, of uh, one plus the fog. Yeah. So you have a difficulty of uh, two as you're within range of this guy. All right. And I should be able to aim, which lets me reroll. That's your minor action, and will let you reroll. Yes. Uh. You have momentum that you can spend too. So. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and spend a momentum. Okay, so you're going to spend one momentum to get three dice to roll. Yep. All right. Three successes. Pow, pow, pow. Nice. He's already got this guy's already been wounded. This guy's already been shot once. This is the guy that was like, I'm my my shooting gun. So roll some damage. The rifles are five. Yep. Because it's four damage Four. four damage. This guy goes down. He only had two. He only had two points left, so ah, my mother, oh my mother. <laughs> Has this guy gone? Has the guy? I think this guy's gone, right? Or no? Yeah, I believe he's gone. Oh, yeah. Um, he shot Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they both shot Clyde. <laughs> I think the only there's only two people left, and that is uh, Brian and Peasley. All right, well, I can uh, go. Uh, how far up could I run if I just run straight towards the camp? You could move up to this position, I think, right here. There she, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, basically feeling a bit foolhardy now, having uh, gotten one kill and looking like the tide of battle turning our way. He, uh, Valentino rushes forward, uh, levels his rifle, and tries to shoot at this guy behind cover. Okay. So are you going to, you're using a fortune to do this other action? Well, I was just, uh, moving as part of my minor action. Oh, okay. All right. Shooting. Uh, yep. Yeah, you can, you may not use, uh, move anywhere within a meeting. Yeah. With one zone. There you go. Okay. So what, uh, difficulty am I looking at? You're looking at a two because it's still foggy. Okay. A two. Uh, I'll just risk it and see where this goes, even though I ain't the best at shooting. Are you so, sure? Because everybody's been doing... Look, you got two successes. <laughs> I got two successes. I think I made this uh, combat too easy. So. <laughs> well... All right, roll some damage on this guy. This guy has not right. taken any damage yet, so... Uh, just three. Well, with some effects. Uh, so, six. Uh, so that's six, but he is behind the boxes, which gives him cover, plus his other thing, so he only takes uh, four damage. Okay. Uh, so he is still uh, there shooting. Uh, I guess it's uh, Peasley's turn. Now, uh, because Peasley's been using guns uh, his entire life, uh, he actually has a rifle's focus uh, for his his targeting. He's, uh, I guess what the equivalent would be, would be a sniper. So he needs to roll, uh, what's he need to roll? 13? 13 or, or lower on this. So I'll just do this as a public roll. 
and I get two successes. Oh, dang. And so uh, he snipes at this guy behind the trees, and yeah. we did one, two, three, four, four points of damage. The guy is hidden from two, or, you know, reduces two, but he still is defeated. He just basically, uh, Clyde is getting ready to jump over the boxes just as, and he looks up, and just as he looks up, uh, a shot rings out, a final shot rings out, Pachang! and this guy just doesn't even see what, what happens next. He is dead, and we are out of fighting. Good job, guys. Yeah. Of course, all of the all of the gunshots and everything that have been going on uh, the last uh, couple of minutes uh, has caused the forest to to die down and become silent again. But uh, now that it's it's gone quiet, the noises start back up again. The hoo hoos and the cacas and the of the bugs are are going one on. Weird thing goes maybe, maybe. So, what do you guys do next? Uh, I run into the camp okay and start checking the uh the start checking the soldiers see if they have like id okay uh so do a insight plus observation uh insight and the difficulty is 1 okay plus observation it's 11 I get zero successes. Oh, no. Um, you look around, you poke around. You don't really find, you don't find anything uh, on these soldiers, but you can definitely tell that these are, you know, they look like Nazi uniforms. Like I said, they're black. Uh, they got this weird wolf patch on one of the arms. The helmets look a little odd, but yeah, you can't find any any other identifiers uh, there. The rest of you can move into camp as well. And what I would like for you to do right now is actually move your tokens into camp where you want to be in camp. I think I'm going to check out the tent. Okay, so um, describe what happens when you go into uh, the tent. I basically open a flap, look in, do a quick scan, see if anything seems of interest or possible rich intel. And You know what? You actually do find something in there. One of the... There is a... There's a book that's sitting in there, among many other things that, you know, other people might want to look at or whatever. But you find a book that is very different than what you would think a military group would have. You know, what you would expect would be like a field notebook. This one's a little bit bigger. It looks a little older and it's definitely a little thicker than what you would normally see. You open up the book and inside are a bunch of strange sigils like not your not your traditional religious symbols that you might see when you go to to church or uh you know the um uh, sacred geometries that you might see carved into buildings and churches and those kinds of things these things are weird looking and they kind of give you a little bit of a creepy feeling why don't you roll a reason plus academia the difficulty on this is 4 Okay. You need four successes. I think. Uh, what? Uh, how much momentum are we currently sitting at? You have one momentum. Now, the other thing uh, you could do is you could give me threat. You could give me two threat, and I would give you an additional dice. 
<laughs> or additional die. Well, I think that sounds I, threatening. You also yeah. have fortune. <laughs> yes, I think I will go ahead and spend both fortune and momentum. Okay. Uh, so basically, so how many fortune do you have? Oh no, five. That will leave me with one fortune left. Okay. And you're gonna sure roll. We will... Okay, so you're gonna roll what two two d twenty? Yeah, two d twenty with one automatic one. Yeah. Um, and I think I might actually want to uh, grease this up a bit more. I'll go ahead and give you the two threat. Okay. Yet another die. <laughs> okay. So the maximum number of dice you can roll are five. Okay. So this would make four. And you did use that momentum. Yes. Okay. And you did use a fortune too. So yep. at least out of this, one of them's an automatic. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, Brian. Oh no. <laughs> you rolled a 10, a 20 and a 15. You okay. needed to roll anything less than a 14 on this. Yes. Um, if you look, Oh, you don't have any more, uh, momentum spins. No. Do you have any more, uh, do you have an, you, you have one more fortune. You could use the one fortune to reroll the pool of dice. Yeah. <laughs> or you could just um, take, or you could just take the complication. I don't know if I want that complication with what I've already done. Uh, so, uh, if I roll fortune, do I have to re-roll all of them or can I? Yeah, you choose? re-roll. I mean, you can choose how many you, you re-roll. Because, yeah, I would just a, It does say that you can re-roll any number of, uh, re-roll any number of your d20s or challenge dice. Okay, I will re-roll the two that well, are not keep... successes. <laughs> okay. All right, there's another success and okay. almost a... <laughs> you, met the, you met the successes on this, okay, but... <laughs> I need to double check right. something because okay. I think as the difficulty increases, the range of complication also oh. increases. <laughs> it's that and I think that be. that is what happened here. I think it goes to 18 yeah. on a difficulty of four. So, okay. okay, here's what, here's what you, here's what you figure out. Okay. All right. These are notes that someone has scribbled down very, very quickly. Okay. You can tell that these are just in your charcoal pencil, uh, uh, scratched out to to draw these things and the and the the book seems very incomplete okay it it might be important but as far as you can tell that this is just gibberish you do though say that uh, think that you should probably keep this book as a complication though and this is something that worked out well because brian did it um uh brian your character nathan braxton as read from an occult book, that is a characteristic that you now possessed. <laughs> All right. Anybody else doing anything? Why is it always Brian? <laughs> I mean, that was. I mean, I don't know. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So Clyde, Clyde is like, "Gah, golly, Peasley, you sure did get that guy." And Peasley's like, is, "You dumbass! Why did you run right towards the enemy? You know, you shouldn't have been doing that." Is Always Clyde, think safety first. Is Clyde standing? Clyde is standing. Yeah, he's jumped over the over the boxes, and he's probably in this area. Would I need to patch? I mean, maybe. You do have a uh, a medicine uh, a medicine skill that you can do to reduce stress. Uh, let's see, healing injuries with the appropriate time and rest, you can attempt to treat an injury with a difficulty two skill test. 
physical injuries are treated with coordination and medicine, which is what you would want to do. Success means that you a single injury of the chosen type is treated, plus one additional injury per momentum spend. So he doesn't really have injuries. He does have stress. There is not a thing for healing stress. But let's uh, let's roll coordination in medicine anyway. And if, uh, uh, what did I say? It has to be a difficulty of two. Uh, for every success that you get, um, you will be able to heal uh, Clyde two of his stress. Okay, so I'm rolling. What is coordination? Uh, you for you it's 10 plus 5 so you need to roll a 15 or less 2d20 okay. less 15 less 15 one success okay. so you are able to uh, put a put a nice little uh, bandage on one of the holes it kind of slows the bleeding a little bit but you probably really should be putting a a better field dressing on on this leg but right. you know the, the the bandage will will sop up some of the blood yeah poultice will keep him alive there you go uh what else what else is anybody else doing uh i think i will take one of the helmets oh okay so you pick up this helmet mm-hmm. and um yeah it it looks like you know the the classic World War II German helmet that uh, that you're familiar with, except it's also black, like the uniform, and it has this lens uh, on uh, the front. It, you know, it's one of those, uh, you know, like a jeweler's lens that kind of flips down into position. It doesn't flip up, but it sure. kind of rotates in from the side. So this one will rotate in from the side. You guys ever see anything like this before? <laughs> no. That's Nazi stuff. It's just worthless. Can we look through the eyepiece? Uh, well, uh, you don't have the helmet, but Rodrigo does. And if Rodrigo would like to do it, he can roll an insight versus observation difficulty of two. Uh, no, that's going to mess up my hair. Here, you uh, you can try it if you want. I look through the eyepiece. Okay. No, uh, insight plus observation. You need to roll nine plus two. You need to roll an 11 or better on a 2D Okay. 2d20. And what did I say? The difficulty was two. So you need two successes. I have two successes. There you go. Hey, congratulations. You have two successes. As you look through this thing, um, you notice that, yeah, it's kind of like a, well, night vision goggles don't exist at this time, at least to my knowledge. Um, But yeah, it's suddenly like this forest kind of lights up and you can say, oh, look, there's a little fox. Running through the woods, you can see the the hooty owl up in the up in the tree. Interesting. Has anyone uh, what examined the inside of the tent? Uh, Brian yeah. kind of kicked around. He saw one thing that he found, but I'm sure there's. It's a pretty big tent. Anybody else want to look around some more? Uh, I'll go into the tent and check to see, like, if they have any orders. Okay. Uh, you go inside. Observation plus insight. Where, where exactly are you looking? Because remember, so inside this tent, I mean, surprisingly, it's it's really crowded. Along one wall of the tent, it's got four sides. Along one wall of the tent is a table with um, the radio and the antenna is sticking up through the tent. 
And there are a couple of books, one of them that uh, that um, uh, Valentino is looking at and kind of seems entranced by. Mm -hmm. But you can see at least one or two other books on the opposite side of the wall. There is a um, a bed, obviously, for the lieutenant because he's big and important. And then on the wall opposite the entry of the tent is a chest. Are the other books like books books or are they like notebooks? No, these look like military notebook things. Okay. Yep. I'll grab the military notebooks and see if there are any like uh, orders or basically anything recent that'll tell us where we are and why these guys were here. Okay. So roll again. um, Observation plus insight. Difficulty of one. Eleven again. Two successes. Nice. Mm. Uh, So one of those goes back into your momentum pool. And um, you open up what looks like a black, like, journal. And mm-hmm. inside's a lot of really, like, mundane details, like uh, like a date and then, uh, you know, Nick uh, entered in several times. Nothing, basically. You can read the German. It says nothing here, nothing on this day, nothing on this day. Uh, but then you do see something written down lower on the paper. It's circled in red. And it says Montauk, uh, which you know is uh, German for Monday. Mm-hmm. And you also see circled is an address in Brussels. Mm. Any other information on the address? Or do mm-hmm. I recognize like where the address would be? I mean, it's passed in a, through Brussels. It's, yeah, you've been in Brussels. I mean, you have been in Brussels before, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just like in the in the city center, kind of like the business uh, district area in Brussels. Um, it's not one that you know for sure what this address is. You just know that, oh, this street and this street is in where the, the market center, the, the, the market part of the city is where you would find, you know, your shops, your businesses, your restaurants. It's not a residential area. Yeah. Uh, Dutch, uh, like raises his eyes, looks over at Valentina and says an address in Brussels. And then looks down, looks back over, realizes Valentina's like not looking at him. And he like, Slaps his helmet, not like super hard, but just like so that it makes like a, you know, metal slapping sound. Uh, uh, hey, uh, Dutch. Uh, I'll hey. I'll show him. Uh, an address in Brussels. Oh, um, might be worth uh something checking out. I at least uh maybe if we get back to camp we can. Yeah, I'll I'll hang on to this. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, yeah, should we maybe be getting out of here real quick? Uh, so, go ahead. Real quick, um, because you had the two successes on on your looking through the notebook, you do know that there's kind of a rolled up map also on this table. Okay, so yeah, definitely want to look at the map. Okay, so you open up the map, and you can see that uh, the location of the camp where you're currently located. You can also see that. The camp has moved a couple of times over the last couple of days, which also seems to correspond to your notebook where there's nothing. And it seems mm-hmm. like the um, the camp has been moving slowly west, northwest over the last couple of uh, days, maybe a week or so. Okay. That's there. Does the map show whether we're in Belgium? The map shows where the Belgium border is. Mm-hmm. You guys are about five miles east of that. Okay. Okay. Now, so we're definitely not in Belgium. You're definitely not in Belgium right now. Uh, you did like, notice on 
on the map there are a couple of other things that are scribbled on there you can see the plot of where their camp has been over the last week or so you also can see that there is a uh small what looks like a small uh a village to the north northwest and then um written underneath that again in um in red is uh it just says crystal okay and but that, means- that 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 little town is is in Germany. Okay. And it says crystal, like crystal? Yeah. yeah, like crystal, like gem or glass or something like that. Okay. Once I see that, mm-hmm. um, I'll uh, tap Valentino on the shoulder and be like, uh, maybe we should look, uh, maybe we should look at that chest and I'll pop outside and be like, hey, gents, we're definitely in Germany. Oh, great. We ain't supposed to be here. The sergeant said we were going to be in big trouble. It was going to complicate things if we showed up here. Yep. Do we need to do anything about hiding our tracks? Nah, nobody's going to care about a bunch of dead Nazis in dead Nazi Germany. Mm. Uh, It seems like this would be the place where they would care about them. But just real quick. Uh, do American weaponry, does American weaponry really stand out? Like do Americans use like really old crappy weaponry compared to. So the, the, my understanding is the reason why these are called the 1918 Garand rifles or whatever they are, is that they are an older uh, rifle that this was one of the early, um, this was the first type of rifle that was given to the U S military when they went to war. Uh, there was some other rifles that came in afterwards that were of better quality and better caliber, but forensics is they're not going to spend a lot of time. Yeah, they're not they're gonna, at this point. Also, keep in mind at this point, uh, Britain, France, and Britain's colonies have all declared war on Germany. Right. Yeah, they're going to have to. They're unless we drop any like dog tags. Uh, we're gonna have they're gonna have a tough time telling we were here. So nobody tell Clyde he's dead. I'm not dead him, yet. We need him to get to at least Brussels. <laughs> uh, did you guys uh, check out the tent? Really good. Find anything uh, in there? There's a chest in there that we haven't looked through. I'll uh, look through that, and yeah. uh, I'll have been rummaging through that when mm-hmm. Dutch left. Okay. So when you open up that chest, you find a bunch of civilian clothing. <gasps> uh, <laughs> that could be hey, helpful. Dutch. <laughs> yep. Uh, we might have ourselves a little bit of a cover here. I'll look through it. Is it all like like civilian clothing that like maybe oh four average sized Germans would wear? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. in the it, it, these are these are obviously uh, what we would consider street clothes. Uh, so you know you've got your vests, you've got mm-hmm. wool wool uh, vests and jackets and blazers and pants and a pair of dress shoes and and some gentlemen's hats. You know some uh, a, an onion to tie to your belt, which is the style, style of the time. Yeah. yeah, not quite, but yes. Uh, so that that's in there. Okay. The onion. Uh, 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 Blusco, are, are you looking around anywhere? Are you doing anything? Yeah. Uh, digging through boxes and whatnot. See if there's any gear. So right next to where Clyde is standing next to the, the dead fallen uh, soldier uh-huh. um, propped up against the crate is a 
what looks like a really weird rifle. Huh. Take a look at it, see if there's anything that's blatant well, as to why it's weird. Well, it is weird because it's bulkier than the other guns that you have seen before. Um, give me an observation plus intelligence uh, check. Uh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. insight, insight plus. No, let's see. You are mechanically inclined. So let's do uh, insight plus engineering. Insight plus engineering. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, one, one, uh, no, this will have a difficulty of two. Will this use mechanical engineering? It can, might. Because I have a focus in that. Okay, great. What's your, so what is your mechanic, what is your engineering um, skill? What's your name? Uh, my engineering skill specifically is four. Insight plus okay. engineering gets to 13. Okay, so when you roll this, if you get four or less, you get two successes. Oh, okay. Is that what focus does? Yes. Yes. Ah, it's still a difficulty of two though, right? Still a difficulty of two. Yeah, I'll spend one of my fortune. Okay. So that means I only roll one die, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. You there. ended up with uh, three successes out of this. You needed two, so one will go back into your momentum pool, which for some reason I can't. Somebody has added a zero or something to our text, but that's okay. Just remember, you guys, there we go. Have one momentum. Um, uh, actually, I think, I want to say, unless somebody used it already, my role also added one point of momentum. Oh, okay. Well, we, so well, I think we're at two. Two momentum. That yeah. Good. Scream at your okay. phone real loud, listeners, if you think that that's <laughs> not true. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, everybody's learning this and we're keeping track of things. So here's what you look at this gun. This gun is really interesting. It is fatter. Uh, you know, it's, it's wider than a, than a regular rifle. As you look down where the magazine would attach, instead of a magazine where bullets would be, you know it is a a chamber. And if you try to open up the chamber, you see like a glowing blue stone inside. You don't know why it's got a glowing blue stone on the inside, but there's a glowing blue stone on the inside. And it looks like a big clunky weapon. Almost like, uh, did you ever have uh, Flash Gordon in your newspaper back home in Nebraska? Probably. It kind of looks like a little bit like a Flash Gordon rifle gun. It looks very futuristic. Uh, hey, Peasley. Yeah, what do you want? What? What's... I'm just going to show him the glowing blue stone. Huh. This seems weird, right? <laughs> well, that's certainly something I ain't never seen before. And then you guys suddenly notice that all the animal sounds that you were listening to, the forest goes silent. I mean, like eerily silent. And off in the distance, you hear a boom. Like something big and heavy just dropped. And you hear another boom. You can hear some birds flying away. Because that's a bird sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you hear, uh, you start to see to your northwest uh, some trees starting to, like, these are big forest trees. I mean, these are not like little apple trees. These are huge trees. You see them, like, pushing apart. And you hear them shaking. And you just hear another boom. 
it's getting closer and closer and closer. We hope you enjoyed this installment of Critical Hit Punch Hall Nazis. It was a lot of fun to put together for the players and for you, our favorite listeners. How did this episode come together? You can get a true behind-the-scenes making of this episode's and the ongoing campaign at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash majorspoilers, where each week I discuss my plans for the upcoming game session, and Dr. Brad Will shares his reactions and advice on how to be a better game master. It's all part of the new GM Roundtable Octoon Cthulhu edition. I will warn you, though, there are spoilers galore, and I mean spoilers galore, in each and every episode. This week, Sergeant Doolittle is a shout-out to our associate Major Spoilers patron, Larry Doolittle. Thank you, Larry, for your support of Critical Hit and Major Spoilers. If you would like your name to appear as an NPC in future episodes of Critical Hit, become one of our associate producers at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to podcast at majorspoilers.com, or better yet, jump into the Critical Hit Discord server. It's really hopping. You can find a link in the show notes. As you might have noticed, we're doing things just a little bit different this time on Critical Hit. And we want you to be a part of it. We want you to record yourself doing your best on Critical Hit and send it to us at podcast at Majorspoilers.com. And your voice will join the growing chorus of fans in upcoming episodes. So until next time, from all of us at Major Spoilers, here's hoping all of your dice rolls are Critical Hits. This podcast is copyright 2023 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.